Thank you for tuning in to the Verbal Assault live stream. I'm your host, Marquis Devereaux. Woo! Yesterday we were talking about affirmative action. And I think I, I, I think I need to flame retard the walls. Woo! I don't know. I gotta check the sprinkler system. I gotta and I gotta know where the fire exits are. Cause we were burning it up. We, it was intense, you guys. There was profanity. People were talking over each other, but that's why we call the show Verbal Assault. We're about listening to all sides of view, both points, all everything. We want to hear it all, okay? We want to make sure that we're having this discussion and we want to speak openly and honestly as possible. That's why Nyirka Encarnacion has her lemonade there because it, it, got, hot. <laughs> it got hot. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, the, it looks like I'm taking a trip up to uh, Washington Heights. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I wanted to say hello to returning YouTube personality Cherokee Black. Hello, Cherokee. Hi. I want to well, welcome back Mr. Kirk Adair, author and historian, as well as professor. Hello. I would like to say hello to us, uh, actor, Trump impersonator, hospitality person, Brian <laughs> Parker. Brian, I'm queuing you in. Oh, no. There you go. Um, I want to welcome back Mr. Ruben Marquina, who is coming to us from the country of Mexico. His background is neuroscience, and he's the author of a blog called Further Beyond. Uh, Mr. Sam Schwartz is joining us. Sam Schwartz identifies as a socialist and believes that many of the problems we have in society are because of capitalism. And then we have Miss Nyirka Encarnacion, who gets right up into it. We often have to tell Nyirka, honey, we bring the volume down because this Afro-Caribbean activist is, is not playing. She has no problem with telling the host of this show, me, you need to do your research. Okay. Those are my then ancestors. <laughs> they come inside me. I have, jo I have joining us um, Mr. Daniel John. He has three PhDs, but he will not let you call him doctor. Uh, Sam Shorts may not be joining us, so I stand corrected. And um, he is someone who is coming to us from the state of Maryland, um, which is great because that means he, he's exposed to what's happening in the DC area. That gives us a little bit more credibility. And then I'm hoping, and I'm checking my scroll here, I'm hoping that eventually we'll have Mr. Rob Arnold. Um, the last time I checked, Rob Arnold was having a little bit of uh, technical difficulty, but I'm told that he's here. And eventually, when I'm in the middle of speaking, he'll say, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Are you there? But we love- Yeah, I did that one time and one time only. Let's make it two right here. You know what happened was, I, uh, <laughs> what I did was I just simply rebooted my Chromebook laptop, let it, uh, you know, stay dead for about a minute. And when I turned it back on, the audio was back up. I don't know what the hell that was all about, 
I guess God didn't want me talking to that one. <laughs> right on, right on with being over 50 and figuring out how technology works. So um, let me also uh, welcome everybody back. And, and, you know, in addition, I have Mr. Samuel Cachera, who is my co-host. He's coming to us from the state of Connecticut. So we are certainly all over the map today. Today's subject is business on the rebound. Has the government stepped up or stepped out? That is the topic. The first question is, um, and I hate, everyone accuses me of being so racial, but I'm from Boston. You know, we use the N-word openly and freely, and we, we're not PC. Black businesses are usually undercapitalized. Who should be responsible to aid them? Cherokee Black, you're up. To aid them, well, they should have um, access to the loans that other businesses have, basically. I mean, I don't think anybody's responsible to, to aid them. I think that they have to, you know, get grant, grants and loans like other people. They have to have the same equality to do that and, and access. And we uh, spoke about redlining before, and that yes, was a where black people would apply for loans to buy houses and weren't allowed to because of where their 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 district was. Um, they they targeted those districts so white people wouldn't move in and black people couldn't own property. So you, it's the same it's the same thing with businesses. Kind okay. Of. So you know, yesterday's topic was affirmative action, and when we say affirmative action, Caucasians go. Let me get the hell out of here. Caucasians. But when we... Oh, all Caucasians. That Look, was... that's, a, that's a generalization that doesn't work. Um, I, I, think, I think that the... Um, I'll just go ahead and interject right here. The thing with the phone... <laughs> of course you will. Yeah, well, naturally. Oh, naturally. Con go uh, ahead, Ron. When it was first invented, was absolutely positively needed. It wasn't that long after we had crow. It wasn't that long after we had lynchings. And when you say crow, you we mean still the have crow laws of the 1960s, 50s, and 40s. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, there were, there were a lot of really ugly things. It wasn't just about slavery. It was about second-class citizenship. It was about all the vestiges of slavery. And so uh, as an institution, and so then what we wound up with was a reversal with the American civil rights movement to the degree that it's reversed things. Affirmative action was a necessary tool right there. At, but at what point does it become a matter of affirmative action is only allowing people of color to have that which they're seeking strictly because they are of color and, and they're not qualified. And okay. so at some point it becomes a matter of qualified or not. Affirmative action actually now includes other things like whip excuse the word things but it includes women it includes gays right. it includes other groups it's not just a black thing anymore. that's true and and so when you see when you i'm aware of that when you see females getting a, a leg up they've been kept down to women have been kept down not just no, no kitchen making grits or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I have to love grits. If you can make grits, you live in this neighborhood. I'm call over some grits. And of course, we can make grits. We're well, you, you know, I only make them with salt and butter. Sam, Sam Cochera was about ready to say something. 
Um, before Sam, Sam, before you speak, I'm just going to throw in that uh, Rob Arnold and Cherokee Black, you guys are on politically completely two different sides of the spectrum, and you live within blocks of each other. Samuel, yeah. you, want, you want to say something? No, no, no. Finish with we your affirmative action first. Oh, I mean, okay, okay. We, we no, but but the, the but the, the affirmative action was yesterday. We ain't going there. Okay, but I. <laughs> I use the word affirmative action because it makes people uncomfortable. When I say diversity, then people associate something positive with it. So that first question is black businesses are undercapitalized. Not all of them, but enough of them that we need to take notice. So on yesterday's program, I asked Bobby the conservative, what was the last business of color that you patronized? And he answered the question relatively quickly before the pandemic. But then when I asked him how often he goes, he had to think about that. And you see, one of the things he said is he says, I, I don't really care who owns the business as, as, as long as the food is good. There needs to be a thought process because if we don't care who owns the business, then we end up with an Amazon. Now I'm going to tie into Sam Schwartz and Sam, you know, I'm sorry, Sam is not here today, but um, let me just say that um, we, we, we have a situation where we were discussing redlining and we're discussing businesses being undercapitalized. Now everybody's suffering. So essentially, the question should be rephrased, I guess, what role should the government play? Now, we want to demonize Congress and we want to demonize Pelosi. It's a Democratic Congress. Well, she is a demon, after all. <laughs> she demonizes herself. <laughs> um, Rob Arnold, are you sure the word you, you want to use is not witch or bitch well or, I, I i say witch and i tell people if you are so inclined switch out the w for the b um look she's a nasty thing i could tell you stories from behind the scenes about nancy pelosi but you not. sound like donald trump she's nasty i'm nasty well, no um, you're not you're not like her i told you the story about the mic you guy. wouldn't call donald trump a bitch though but you know they're, they're saying I, I, I call him a bastard at times um, but right. he's a, he's but now but he's you call power. him the son of a bitch and I call him that too. Yes, yes. There's the word bitch as it relates to Donald Trump. He's, right. he's an SOB at times, no doubt. Right. But yeah, but look, uh, I think that he's needed. And as far as the um, economics of things, reopening and all that, which is today's topic, I'm going to say that the government has stepped up and must step out. Uh, it's, it's time to reopen. It's time. And by the way, one, one indication of how clear it is that it's time to reopen, all these protesters, they're not exercising one iota of social distancing, are they then? So apparently they're all going to catch a deadly virus then, aren't they? Yes. Well, is a room. What's that? Eureka? There is a virus. There isn't yeah. one. The whole it's, thing is, well, there's one, but it's not what they made it out to be. The whole thing was a ruse. You, you don't see them wearing masks or anything? If they're wearing masks, that's quite different yeah. from being six feet apart, like they've been, yeah. like everybody's been told we must do. Masks. Okay. No, okay. no. Okay. You see, he said, if you can't be six feet apart, then wear a mask, Rob. No, oh, no, no. Wait a minute. They're six feet apart. That's a law. Brian, before you respond, excuse me. Um, but before you respond to Rob, I want to focus on you, Brian, because you work in hospitality. Mm -hmm. Um, in New York City. 
and I'm sure in Mexico City, and I'm sure in Toronto, and I'm sure in Seoul, Korea, or, or um, who knows, maybe even on Lagos, Nigeria. Many of these cities are dependent upon interaction. Yep. Interaction is something that we do as human beings. Yep. I was with my left-leaning correspondent, Cherokee Black, and we were on a rooftop. Mm-hmm. And I was made to feel that I needed to wear a mask in, in order to be in the street or be in the store or to get on an elevator. Mm-hmm. A I, I see this as a new form of discrimination. There's another excuse for someone to tell you to get out. Guess what? If I choose to risk my own health, so be it. There are religions, the Hasid religion is one of them that don't immunize their children. Right. Now, Mm -hmm. we would not dare, we would not dare uh, criticize or ostracize the Hasid Jews. And there are many things that they do that I find quite deplorable. Put it on record because I said it, but my, my, my best friend and, and, and business partner and co-host happens to be part Jewish. Is it his religion? No. But it doesn't matter what I think about a certain group. It doesn't describe the whole. The reason why I'm mentioning this and the reason why I brought up the hospitality thing is because hospitality as a whole plays a role in economics. My own business is based, based on hospitality and dining tourism and leisure and media and entertainment. There are two thirds of my business right now that I'm told I cannot operate. Two thirds. That does suck. And that is because that is a government mandate. Now, Brian Parker, Parker, we're looking at Nyurka Encarnacion and she's drinking a margarita at home. If she wanted to drink that margarita at the El Torito down the block and sit in and have a taco and maybe, you know, wear a sombrero, she couldn't do that. She doesn't have a choice to do that right now. Right. All uh, all under the guise of this mandate. Mm -hmm. At a certain point, if it's airborne, you're going to breathe it in and you're going to die whether you're wearing a mask or not. So I always say if the creator says it's your time to go, live your life well. And you can can't, I be honest with you? Your, your time, you can't. It's, it's your time, oh. you're going anyway. You're going anyway. So here's my right. attitude. If I were going to find out that I were going to die tomorrow, shouldn't I have the right to sit down and have a good meal and a margarita? I mean, that's what we do to people Hell before yeah. we put them to death. We Hell say, yeah. what do you want to eat? And what do you want to drink before we kill them playing oh, the role of God? Let me play devil's advocate with you though. It's not that I don't agree with you to an extent, but so, so I own this hotel. I'm not doing any necessary precautions. You come into my establishment and you claim two weeks later that you caught COVID-19 because in my establishment, we were not uh, making sure that people were socially distancing and wearing masks. Now you want to have some kind of litigation against me and you tie me up in all kinds of litigation. Listen, it sounds like prohibition. I'm sorry. I, 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 I get that, but you have to understand the, 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 le- the way the legal system is in this day and age, you can sue somebody over drinking a hot cup of coffee because it doesn't say the word hot on the side of it. Okay, so let's, let's correct for our viewers the way the legal system is in the United States. 
Yes. The way to the this way, doesn't uh, this this right. does not exist. The amount of frivolous lawsuits. So I'm 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 playing devil's advocate because there is a business side to this where you you have to be very very careful. You are right okay. though. At some point, we have to get back to normal. All right. So we let's ask. Safe about let's it. Just, Let's let's ask our neuroscientist and our author Ruben Marquina, who's in Mexico. We're talking about El Torito, and we're talking about margaritas, and we're talking about enchiladas and all of that good stuff. What's happening? So you go to the Mexican guy. What? Sure. So <laughs> because I want to know what the hell is going on in Mexico. I want to know in one of the largest cities in the world, racist. Mexico City. That's not racist. <laughs> If we're going to talk about margaritas, there you go. That's my point. What's the point? Anyway, carry on with your question. Mexico is not a race, folks. It's a country. So, what's your question? Mexican. That's the race. Okay. No, Mexico is a nationality. Nationality. So the question is, Ruben. Um, you're in Mexico City. It's one of the largest cities in the world. Are you able to go and have a margarita at a bar right now in Mexico City? No. Are you able to have a meal with your family in a restaurant? Mm, no. Are you able, if you were tra- if you had uh, uh, relatives that were traveling in from Texas, are they able to stay in a hotel right now? Yes. Why? Because as of June first, last week, uh, the new um, we were following like a red red light system, you know, we're on red mode, which, uh, but it's been progressively uh, allowing certain businesses, you know, we started with essential businesses being allowed, which is food and all the essentials. But as of last week, uh, certain parts of the tourism sector started reopening. So hotels now are available. Yes. Okay. Okay. So now I'm going to stop you and I'm going to ask the panel a question. And I'm going to talk about conditioning. Mm. Who has a right to define what is essential? Bobby, you are conservative. And I want you to answer this question first, because I don't believe the government should have that right. Who has a right? I'm sorry, Bobby is not here. Forgive me. Um, I'm going to do. I'm going to redirect it to Daniel John. Who has a right to decide what is essential? So I I, I tend to believe that the government, whether it is a, a county, state, city, federal, has the right to decide, and that's what Trump did rightfully which is um, he said that um, you know he's going to let the state governors make that decision. Now, the state governors have gone ahead in the state of Maryland, it's a Republican governor, Larry Hogan. He's gone ahead and also delegated it uh, to the counties, districts, to make that decision. So there's a couple of districts or counties that are not um, open, but for the most part, the others are opening up uh, fairly quickly. And he's placed uh, so that uh, certain counties have restrictions. So 
you know, I like that way of, uh, that mode of operation, which is, um, you know, that parenting is actually uh, helping. It is only for the benefit of, of, of uh, citizens. If you have to have a drink, you don't need to sit there and drink for the, for, this is, you know, in 100 years, this is, um, you know, the first time that we are running into an issue like this. And so um, it almost never happens in most, uh, most of our lifetimes. And if for a period of time you cannot, uh, you know, sit back and, um, and not participate in the things that you're doing, then it should be some. It should be okay, because uh, things are going to turn around pretty soon. You know, Dan Daniel John, forgive me, forgive me, but I'm listening to you, and you're in another state which is run by a governor who's now delegating it to the counties, which is run by the county executive and the county might delegate it to the block pre association president who might delegate it to the guy with no. the biggest house. Does anybody, see a pro does anybody see a problem with this here? What no. state here? is it? Maryland. Maryland. The, the state okay, of Maryland. now that's why, why a tiny state. Maki, why would there be a problem? Well, well, right. Well, why would it be a problem? Let's say someone. Let's say someone from. Let's say someone from one county. You're asking me a question, correct? One person from one county, has, which has a restriction, goes to a county that doesn't have a restriction, right? And then let's say the person from the county without the restriction tries to go into the county with the restriction. So you want to split hairs. What, what I'm saying is, is in, there's inconsistencies. No, there's not. It's the mayor of a, city, of, a, of a certain city in a certain state is going to have a better handle on what's going on on the ground than somebody on that federal level. This isn't supposed to be at a central government. The answer to your original question is, of course, it's the government that gets the right to decide because the people, in this country anyway, the people elect them. So the people go through the voting process, they elect those who they think are going to be good leaders. And those leaders are going to tell us what is what. But you guys are saying the government, right? And we're talking about county government. We're talking yeah. about city government. We're talking state. about state government. And we're yeah. talking about national government. Nothing wrong with that. It ain't punting, it's delegating. However, in this, this situation here, and I agree with Marquis, is unprecedented. This is uh, a virus should not constitute for the government to step in and say that, you know, you have to stay in this lockdown. It should be our decision because we are sovereign. I will say the lockdown. I agree with you. What this is, is scare them with a virus, quarantine them, lock them down. Do not them date do not let them touch each other put masks on them dehumanize them and then throw in the racial riots on top this is and Ron, you know what that. i think you know what i think is interesting about what you're saying is i believe that kirk adair probably agrees with you almost yeah. in your entirety yeah uh, kirk, kirk adair we have you on deck yes yes why are you following this conversation in regards to county, state, city, country? Yeah. Are, are you are you seeing <laughs> are you seeing the inconsistency, or are you seeing a streamlined process? 
I'm seeing no streamlined process. I'm seeing total inconsistency. I'm seeing a disaster with the uh, governor reaching out to Bill Gates for an idea how to open up businesses, let alone um, restaurants uh, and service industry businesses. That's a disaster. And the wearing of masks and you, you, uh, it's cut everybody's, it's cut the small businesses uh, uh, capacity in half. You, you have capacity. You can't afford to open. It's any of the relief is for the big businesses. It's for the chains. It's for Marriott. It's for that. Everybody else is facing disaster and unemployment. A lot of them have already closed. There's, oh yeah, yeah. You, can't, yeah. you can't afford to reopen. Just walking with up and down every six West feet. Side. Okay. And so the servers have to wear masks and gloves. The people at the door have to have masks and gloves. Now they want you to hire a doorman with a cell phone to, uh, with a download app to check somebody if their temperature or if they've come anywhere near quote COVID-19, which is such a fucking disaster. Anyway, Can we all say George Orwell? No, that's exactly I, look I, at it. They're hiring the people. They're hiring people right now for that kind of George Orwell crap. Hundred percent. Yeah. I've I so oh, and the app, you have to download an app also for tracking. Yep, you have to download all these apps and guess who's supplying all those apps to be downloaded? Yeah. Billy Gates. Where where's the money going? Okay, Billy okay. Gates. So, okay, so let me let me ask a loosely uh related question here. Um is that a second and cousin I, question? And, and, and I'm sorry that I have to go here, but um, we have American businesses right now that are suffering. Uh, I'd like to know, does it make sense right now to give immigrants who are looking to start businesses or who are in business the same footing? Legal immigrants? Absolutely. Okay. But Rob when Arnold. You say immigrants, does it depend? An immigrant's an immigrant. Are you talking about illegal immigrants or legal immigrants? Because if you're legal, yeah, you deserve the same rights. Listen. Right. But if you are illegal, then to my Mexican to, to my Mexican and Central American brothers and sisters that are coming to the United States selling churros or something uh, on, on, on the street corner, they're not legitimate businesses. But should they be assisted is my question. They should be deported if they're here illegally or given asylum. I, I would say we need asylum reform more than anything else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the first, know. Rob, Rob Arnold, the first thing you said was deport. So we're in the middle of a quote unquote pandemic. I and said, the first or, thing we should do is put that person in contact with other people, which means that we have, we have to lock them up. So we should risk their life and deport them out of the country. I said, or we need asylum reform. Or asylum. Yeah, I think we. I think, I think they asylum. should be deported. I mean, to uh, tell you the okay. truth. And all I'm hearing, all I'm hearing is deportation and asylum. Uh, Ru Can I say Ruben Mar Well, they're here illegally, Marquis. Okay, Ruben Marquina. Yeah, but I, some of it is for political reasons. They could I be right. Right. No, but you know what? Uh, at the same time, sometimes okay, it's the per Everybody stop. My reasoning, yeah, all right. Ruben, I'm gearing this toward you. Now notice that they said they're here illegally. I never said they were here illegally. I just simply said the word immigrant. We tried to clarify. I said they're, I said they're, they're all immigrants. 
I, I said mean, their business may not be not legitimate, but the assumption, the assumption was they're illegal. Ruben, what are you hearing? I mean, it's obviously that the, the, the differentiation of legal and illegal is important. I think illegal people should be deported because basically the conditions in, in which they will be exposed to you know, during this crisis, if already on non-quarantine situations, the camps and, you know, deportation camps are very, very raw conditions. You know, I'm always for deportation rather than them and children, you know, parents and children suffering in these camps. And I also don't think it's correct for them, you know, to keep them there awaiting for an asylum that in most cases will be the same ending, deportation. So why is happening over there? In your country, are you considered left, centrist, right, or what? Who, me? Yes. I'm centrist. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Now, yeah. see, the, the assumption of many that hear that you're from Mexico was to, would be to assume that you lean left. Oh, um, no, not it, at all. No, okay. he doesn't, I can't miss that he doesn't lean left. We need due process. We need asylum reform. Okay. But today's topic is mostly about business. So the United States has a special type of visa designed that if you want to come into the country and start a business, there are funds that are available for you. And, and, and these are sort of, you, so in, in essence, you can sort of buy your way into citizenship. It's a faster path for you. And it again puts me back to the, the, the topic. Has the government stepped up or stepped out? What should happen to our businesses now? Now, Samuel Kachera, you're an entrepreneur. You're looking to fund businesses what are you expecting the government to do in this role i expect the government you, to treat everybody equally as i believe is the case anyway so therefore okay. if a business oh, I am alone, well actually in this time of the of the pandemic pandemic, whatever we call it um actually in this time i mean basically there's a slowdown on things like that anyway government many government offices are still not even open Right, but you know your business. But, but my question is, what are you expecting for your business? Yeah, I, I'm I'm accustomed to getting out of bed and and making making shit happen. So what I expect for my business is, as people are moving around properly and as I can interact with them properly and I can get my things started, then I will. Okay. Now, Sam, I just want you to know your volume is a little bit lower than everyone else. So I don't know if it's your distance from the microphone, but I just wanted to bring that to your attention. Yep. Um, you know, I had asked, I had asked someone this question. Um, and when I asked what was the last business of color that you've patronized, I'm going to ask this question to Rob and then I'm going to see to Sam. The question is, drum roll, please. What was the last business of color that you patronized? I live in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I'm patronizing, okay. patronizing non-white businesses every day here. And it, as, as you said that Bobby said earlier in yesterday's show, 
it, it, I don't, it, I don't care who the. My question is not being answered. My question is not being yes, answered. I want I, you I, to specifically name the business that you last patronized. All the bodegas around here are black or arab owned. Um, okay. The the, uh, the 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 bigger stores like Westside Market. Uh, who the hell knows who's at the top of that heap? But it's but the smaller ones where you know it's black owned or Arab owned or minority owned in any way. Uh, the answer is I don't care. You said earlier you think that that's incorrect. So again, in other words, you're not able to answer the question. I just did answer the question. It's it's everyone. Everyone here. There 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 aren't that many. Uh, truly, there's not that many white owned businesses here on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Okay. There are corporations. Because they're all small businesses are run out. You got Whole Foods, you got Trader Joe's. There's no telling. Right. Right. Yeah, you're saying. So there's no telling what power anybody is who's making big decisions for those chains. But I will patronize any business, any shade of any color of the owner of any business, if they're doing business in a way that suits me. And, and you said earlier, Marquis, that that leads us to the Amazons of the world. No, it doesn't neither. I'm just not, I'm just colorblind. I'll buy okay. I'll okay. So you're, you're colorblind, but your money is not. And what we have is hey, we have. Uh, it's, it's the money of a colorblind person. I'm going to continue and say that the dollar circulates in the Caucasian community nine times, that it circulates in the Spanish speaking community 1.5 times, and it circulates in the community uh, of African descent once. So that's within their own communities. So I want you all to Why think about, that? well, I want you all to think about the businesses that you patronize because right now we're asking about should the government step up or step out? But if the government steps out, then that requires us to be willing to patronize. If you An don't- An entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm sorry? I'm sorry to interrupt, I, I just gotta say. And then that's entrepreneurs. Okay. That's uh, okay. Marquis, so, it's also up to the entrepreneurs to step up. The, the government stepped up. It's time for them to step out, and then right. the entrepreneurs can step up, and the, and the patrons. Okay, so before, before I cede to Sam, I want to discuss the history of the United States <sighs> and what was known as Black Wall Street in Oklahoma, 1920. Very successful businesses owned by various people of African descent. Burned to the ground, burned to the ground by outside forces. Uh, Seneca Village, New York City. Um, it is now Central Park. So I want you all to think about that for a second. But it all depends on the entrepreneur. It's, a, it's, a, it's only a part of Central Park from like 50 something street to 89th street or 90th right. street okay. on right. the west side. It's not the so, whole park. Okay, so does, so does Seneca Village exist now? Yes. Where? Right. Well, ask Cherokee. Oh, yeah. She may know better. Guys, you both you're talking about the Upper West Side of New York City, which is which here. is a gentrified neighborhood. My question is: Does that black community Seneca Village exist now? Cherokee. No, no. They they evicted the people from that land, and they were Irish and black. And 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 uh, threw them out, similar to gentrification, and 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 use that property to to extend to the Central Park. But Cherokee, I'm confused. It's all dependent upon the entrepreneurs. So why didn't those people just step up and get it together and 
Buy their land. What, what First happened? First of all, they were, they were, the Irish and the Blacks were considered kind of the same, and they didn't have the same rights at that time. My grandmother is from the Upper West Side going back to the 1850s. They didn't have the same rights. And I'm part Dutch. My last name is Tenbrook, to all be right. clear. So and, I'm just... And, and we all have the same rights. It's just that certain rights were taken away from us. Yes. Because... I have rights as well, and they've been taken away from me. Right. Well, we're I'm talking about that's that's confusing. We all have the same rights, except some of us had our rights taken away. They're taken away. So yeah. you have, they don't have the same yeah. rights. No, at you this time, five, at you, this time, they did not have equal rights. At that time, at okay. that time, talking we're talking about, about that time. Okay. So why are we talking about that time? I don't know, Mark. He brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> he brought up Sandy Village, so you know. Yeah, well, well, why did? Why am I? Why looking why into the past? You want to make a comparison okay. about why? So, now, how do you compare what happened back one or two hundred years ago to today? Now, like Brian said in another time in another show, you know, you have to know where you've been to know where you are, where you're going. You've got to be able to see things from the historical perspective. I believe that was Cherokee that said that. Excuse me? No, no, that was Brian Parker. No, what? what Cherokee said it as well. Yes, yes just for the right. about it as well, yes. Um, and I'm not saying that to take away from Cherokee, man, don't, don't cross check me like that. What I'm saying is- I love you too. <laughs> I love you too. But, uh, but the point is, is that you can't be talking about today about the government stepping up or stepping out and be and giving examples that are from 100 years or 200 years ago, whatever it may be. Like it, it's a different time period. Would you like me to talk about Harlem? I'd like you to talk about anything you want, but but make it relevant. Okay, so let's be relevant. Let's talk about Harlem. Let's talk about uh, the capital of Black America, USA. Um, should the government step up or step out? Uh, is there anybody here that lives above 96th Street in Manhattan? Well, Nobody. Right here. Nobody. Um, is there anybody who has recently patronized a business above 96th Street in Manhattan? Of course. All the time when I could outside. Okay. But you're the only one speaking Cherokee. No, I, I said, of course, uh, well. I the only one can question. get a word in edgewise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kirk talk. Kirk, go ahead. Yes. Um, yeah. prior to the shutdown, I would uh, patronize, uh, there's a, an African-American owned French restaurant on the Upper West Side. I was always up in Jeffrey's, which is yeah. um, uh, not a minority, but a liquor store uh, in uh, Harlem. Um, I was always at 125th Street shopping to see if there were any African fabrics, um, because that's what I'm interested in. I mean, I do that. All right. So if and I mean, if you're talking about, you know, very specific named mine, I don't know that. I mean, there's a uh, I used to work up there, but um, that was when I worked um, for a Dominican operation that was supposed to be a restaurant, but turned into a club that had a lot of stuff going on that I was forced to leave um, because they were breaking a lot. You know, I mean, then why they got to be Dominican? While we're talking about the historical background of where you've been and eaten and drank your liquor and all of this good stuff, Marquis, what was the question for? Yeah. You know something? The fact that we have to ask what was the question for, I want you all to be still for a second and think about it. 
How about spoon asking bread? Medic- right now, right now, businesses are boarded up. Businesses are boarded up up and down the avenue. Yeah. And the businesses, the businesses, okay, great. Now, if I may continue, the businesses, businesses are boarded up because of the quote unquote rioters, right? In no. actuality, you have a bunch of people that are going out protesting the current economic state and racial injustice. They're saying not only is it about racial injustice, but these injustices play about in many different ways. Today, we're talking about businesses. I'm asking you a question about who patronizes what businesses, and we don't understand <laughs> where, the, where the injustice exists. If I'm a business person of color and I can't get my business patronized, it doesn't mean that I don't have a good business. It may mean that I need funding for marketing. It may mean that I need um, that I need certain things from the city or the state so I can help white reinvest, reinvest in my community. That's called pre-planning. You just had you pre-planning. You, you just excuse me. You just had a business that received $70 million and they had to be called out to give that money back. So this administration has a habit of supporting large corporations. And right now I'm asking about businesses that need to be on the rebound. I didn't say corporations, I said businesses. We can't even answer the question of what businesses we've last patronized. And then most of us, when we're talking about those businesses, we're talking about one or two. And then someone has said, but what is the purpose of the question? So when we go and we take the boards off, the the boards are only up because we're afraid of losing our livelihoods. And one business owner today who was caught occasion said, if my having a broken window is the price of me doing business compared to these people's injustice, then fuck it, let them break my window. Matt, may I say I, something? I respect that person. I respect that person. Brian so. Parker, Brian Parker, I want to pull you back into the conversation because He's they're not getting <sighs> Brian Parker, go ahead. No, I'm here. They're not getting it. They're not getting it. So, so when the businesses reopen, yep. we may need the government because yeah. we're not patronizing, all of us are not patronizing these businesses. The United States government has hopefully plays a role. I mean, I, mean, the, I don't want us to fall into this false insecurity that, you know, things are just gonna go right back to normal. It's like when you stretch out a rubber band, it's gonna snap right back into place. It's not going to happen like that. You've got a lot of things going on. you got to understand, a lot of people, uh, maybe not on this panel, but a lot of people are scared. So unless you get consumer confidence to go up to the point that they feel safe enough to go out, those businesses are going to struggle. And in New York, when you go to a restaurant and you tell them they can only operate at 20%, like Kirk said earlier, you're basically telling the small businesses, stay your ass closed to do pickup service and delivery because... SOL. They have to pack people into those businesses just to pay those high-ass rents. Yeah, now we're right. talking about we can help you a little bit by uh, expanding stuff onto the curb and things like that, but that's still not going to help out those smaller businesses. Will Shake Shack be okay? Yes. 
Will, okay. uh, will Dallas BBQ be okay? Yes, but the government is still going to be needed. They just can't wash their hands of it and say, mission accomplished, we did everything we need to do. Now it's on you, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And Brian Parker, I'm gonna thank you, uh, giving you the final word. Uh, we, we have less than three minutes. Um, at the end of the day, uh, U.S. businesses are in crisis. Regardless of what anyone thinks about our economy, uh, stores are boarded up because they're worried about their assets. My question has been in, in creating this subject today is, aren't employees assets? Aren't customers assets? Let's think about that for a second. Who and where we spend, who we hire and where we spend our money says a lot about us as consumers and says a lot about us as business owners. I, as a business owner of color, uh, choose to interact with diverse people and I choose to spend my money in diverse places. I have made a conscious decision that Amazon is, is wealthy enough and I'm not going to give them any of my money. That was a conscious decision. <laughs> That's a conscious decision. I'd rather right. patronize a small bookstore. I'd rather patronize, I do spend money at Whole Foods, but on occasion. I'd like to thank Cherokee Black, Kirk Adair, Ruben Marquina, uh, Brian Parker, Nierka Encarnacion, Rob Arnold, and Mr. Daniel John, as well as Samuel Kuchera. Think about where you're spending your money and think about who is going to be around the mom and pop that you were comfortable patronizing. It may not be there when you go back. But if you're willing to spend your money at Walmart, then you don't want the mom and pop, really. I've never shopped there before. I, never, okay. I don't even know where one is. Okay. The point so, is well taken. into a Walmart. Okay. So I want to thank everybody for tuning into Verbal Assault live stream. We're happy to have you listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, or you're watching us. If you're watching us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Listen, like, subscribe, ring those ding bells. Ding, don't be a ding bell. Ring those bells, okay? And um, listen, we're listener supported. So contribute, contribute, contribute. We know we have, uh, we, we, we know our hot button here, but we have a growing audience. So uh, Patreon, we have Twitch. We also have various anchor platforms. Brian Parker is making all types of gestures over there. I don't know what's going on, but listen, what I'm not going to do is blame it on the Negro, okay? Yeah, I said it. <laughs> anyway, uh, tomorrow's topic, for-profit versus non-profit, social justice versus so social equity. The Estes aren't working for me today, guys. Uh, thank you for tuning into Verbal Assault live stream. I'm your host, Marky Devereaux. We look forward to having you on Friday. I'm different. I'm different.